Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Parenthood is learning to back away, wait a bit before interfering. It's about learning to have confidence in other people, including little ones. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. Today on this episode, we are going way back, like way, way, way back and all over the world. We are looking at ancient practices and different cultures of how to parent. I get the sneaking suspicion that here in America, we are just, I don't know, like making things way harder than they have to be. So, we have on today Dr. Michaeline Duclef. She is a correspondent for NPR's Science Desk. In 2015, she was part of the team that earned a George Foster Peabody Award for its coverage of the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. And before joining NPR, Dr. Duclef was an editor at the Journal Cell, where she wrote about the science behind pop culture. She has a doctorate in chemistry from the University of California, Berkeley. She is a master's degree in viticulture and enology from the University of California, Davis. And we're going to be talking about her 
new book. It's called Hunt, Gather, Parent, What Ancient Cultures Can Teach Us About the Lost Art of Raising Happy, Helpful Little Humans. Let's hear about what other people are doing around the world. Um, now, Dr. Duclef, is that what you, you can call me Michaeline. You can call me Michaeline. Okay. <laughs> it's Michaeline. very, very nice of you guys. Michaeline, I absolutely I love that name. What is that? It's like the Irish form of like like Kathleen or Colleen. It's like the feminine form of Michael. Yeah, That's supposedly. amazing. How have I <laughs> never heard of that in my life? I think that Micheline, the French version, is much more common than Michaeline. I love it. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, I am a huge fan. Um, For all of our listeners, Dr. Michaeline Duclef wrote this amazing book called Hunt, Gather, Parent, What Ancient Cultures Can Teach Us About the Lost Art of Raising Happy, Helpful Little Humans. Help us! <laughs> We're drowning! And by we, I shouldn't be speaking for everyone. I, I have to learn that. Me! I'm drowning. Help. Okay, first and foremost, you are a mom to a a glorious little girl named Rosie, right? Yes, glorious is one way to put it. <laughs> Dynamic. That's a word yes. I use to describe my three-and-a-half-year-old son. Tell me yes. about Rosie. Tell me about her temperament. Tell me how old she is. Have you always wanted to be a mom? Tell me all that stuff. Um, so Rosie is now five, but when we started on this journey, she was uh, two, two-and-a-half, three, um, and she has always just been, like, hot-tempered, fiery, fire-in-the-belly kid. Like, the baby, it was, like, crying. and But then as when she turned into a toddler, it was tantrums and, you know, even physical abuse, I say. Like, you know, I, she would have a tantrum and I would try to pick her up and hold her and she would just, like, slap me across the face. Even in public, it was... um it was awful, to be honest with you. <laughs> and what were what would you do like then? Were you grasping at straws? Were you trying oh, everything? Consequences, everything. screaming back, timeouts. Tell me all of your <laughs> tactics. I mean, the first thing is just to, like run out of the store because I know I'm gonna get like an onslaught of people like, you know, shaming me or <gasps> yeah. you know, but um I tried everything. I've read so many books and I Googled and read so many blog posts and you know, I tried to really be firm or, you know, set the boundaries. I think one of the advices was like, you know, grab the hand before it hits. And it was just like, I can't I'm do not that. I coordinated. Can't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it turned into just ducking, you know, like I literally would pick her up and like duck. And I felt actually like anything I did just made things worse. I really felt that way for a long time. I say in the book, like I would lay in bed in the mornings and just kind of dread waking up, having her wake up. Abs. Okay. First of all, if we're <laughs> going to get real and get honest, which is what we do on this podcast, if you're a mother that has never felt like, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. You're lying. Because every mom has had weeks, months, years, mornings, evenings where they're like, please don't wake up from the nap. Or like, I just yeah. am not ready to start this day. Like when my son sleeps in and gives me an extra 15 minutes, it's like, th- and it, I'm not talking about sleep. I'm just talking about 15 minutes where I'm not seeing him. And I yeah. love him, but like, it's hard. It's hard. And it yeah. sounds like Rosie was very hard. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't really have a we didn't even know it really because we didn't know anything else. We were right. just kind of like, oh, we're horrible parents. <laughs> you know? We're failing. Like, 
We're totally failing. Like I'm both my husband and I, I we wouldn't say it. We're like, we're just the, we're horrible. And also you had come from, it's not like you were a parenting specialist, like any of this, ha- like before Rosie, oh, okay, no. you have a doctorate in chemistry from the University of California, Berkeley. You have a master's degree in viticulture. Yes. That's no, like winemaking. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that helped somewhat. Yes, that did. <laughs> and enology from the University of California, Davis. Like, it's not like you had any tools until you were thrown into it at 110% to, yeah. to figure this shit out. So yeah. tell me no, how no. you came to the idea of this book and how you currently parent. So right at the same time that this was happening, just like completely independently, uh, NPR, where I'm a correspondent, sent me down to the Yucatan in Mexico to a small Maya village to do a different story, a story about children's attention. There'd been some studies I'd read and I was interested in following up on that. Um, and when I got down there, to be honest, I mean, I was just shocked at, at the moms, you know, I was, I spent most of the time with the moms, um, in particular, this one mom, Maria Tumburgas, like she has five kids, three girls that are four to 12. And she related to them in such a calm, conflict free way. She was calm, but she was also confident. Like she was in charge, mm-hmm. clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no yelling, no bickering, no negotiating. And her kids were great. They were kind and generous and super, super helpful. And this was common with many of the families. And I, I left there just being like, is there a better way to do this than like what I'm seeing and what I've been taught and how my mom raised me is, you know, what's going on? Like, I want to learn how she does this. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of left and I tried to find it in parenting books. And I started to realize we have such a narrow view in parenting books. And I started reading more. And then I actually went up to the Arctic for another story, not about, about anger actually, but, but I saw a similar approach to relating to children, this very calm, confident way, very conflict-free. And again, the children were respectful and kind and helpful. And so I started reading more and realizing like, okay, this is actually a really common way of relating to kids around the world. And in many ways, what we do in the US, many, many Americans is the exception. And actually we're, we're making our lives like much harder and uh, just so such an exhausting way of parenting. This is amazing. I, I'm, I'm already feeling relief. <laughs> I'm yes. like, you're telling me doing less could get me more? Okay, great. Tell me. Um, okay, so you start to notice that in the Yucatan and in the Arctic, people are parenting differently. Yeah. Did you go other places? And when did you decide to write this book? So after the Arctic trip, I started to really read about childhood in different parts of the world and historically our human history, like over tens of thousands of years. And what I started to realize is that there is this common way of relating to children. that's likely thousands of years old. The parents all over the world, every continent have turned to over and over again. And yet in like the last 100, 200 years, many families in the U.S. have lost key elements of it for various reasons. And in place of it, we've kind of turned to these kind of crazy, strange, exhausting ways of relating to children that you don't find anywhere else in the world or throughout human history. And many of these things I think are actually not only making us exhaustive, but I think they're also doing our children a disservice in some ways. I think they're causing anxiety and stress and depression. And so at that point I was like, okay, I wanna learn as much as I can about this. 
um, mostly very selfishly, of just course. because for Rosie and for yourself and for your marriage and for like your like your skincare and like all of it. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, and so then I actually, it's not in the book, but I actually thought of taking her with me on these trips. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to the, the Maya village and back up to the Arctic. And I'm also going to go to a place where humans come from, where the humans evolved in, in, in Africa and East Africa and Tanzania. Um, and I'm going to take Rosie with me and, um, I'm going to see if they can they can help me, you know, Brilliant. teach me. I would leave tomorrow. <laughs> Honestly, if that was an option right now, I would do the same. Okay, so you take Rosie with you yeah. to opposite ends of the world. And what happens? You know, the first trip to, to the Yucatan was really hard. The trip was just kind of a nightmare. And I know those moms just thought I was the worst parent on the planet. But they they didn't really tell me much. They didn't really... Um, shame me. They were, you know, but, but I could see how they interacted with Rosie, um, very differently and how Rosie settled under, under their wing, so to speak, especially Maria, like how the, that calmness really started to, to change her. Mm. That's when I started to really understand like, oh, she needs me to be calm. She needs me to stop talking, stop telling her what to do and just kind of be there with this calm mm -hmm. energy mm -hmm. and all this stuff I'm doing to fix things and stop her tantrums, it's the opposite. So what you were doing when she had a tantrum, let's say talking to her a lot, taking yes. things away, like tell me what you would have done. You know, I mean, it would start off very nice, like, oh, what's wrong? Are you okay? Or what do you need? Do you want something to drink? Or you don't want it? You know, this kind of a barrage of, of words, nice, nice words, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then things would get worse. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it would turn into anger, right? Like, why are you doing this now? You got to stop this. And it would very quickly escalate to anger. And then that was the worst, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. my anger like fueled her anger. And then that's when she would like hit me or she was also biting me. Um, and nice. Great, Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. So the the moms that you brought Rosie to in the Yucatan, when they saw her doing this, what were the tactics they used? They actually left it up to the, the kids to handle her, which was really interesting. So like there were always kids around from four to 16. And a lot of the kids would come over and start tickling her. And we have these pictures of her like lying on the ground, like three kids like tickling her. Brilliant. And yeah, it was actually really brilliant. She would run away and they'd chase her. Mm. And I asked her, do you, do you like that? Because it looked like she didn't like it, but she was like, I love it, mama. It was so fun. And, and it did, it stopped it like mm. instantaneously. And I actually, when I really was getting angry at her after that, like if I just had a lot of anger and I didn't know what to do with it, I would start tickling her. <laughs> Tell me the the major three, let's say, differences between our Western civilization parenting versus what you found in Tanzania, Yucatan, and the Arctic? Yeah. So the number one is calm. So when we got up to the Arctic, this wonderful woman, Elizabeth Tugumiak, she was our interpreter, and she really showed me how to handle Rosie's tantrums. She started to realize this woman really needs my help, and she started to show me like what to do. Mm -hmm. And so... One day, Rosie was having a tantrum in the road. Um, and it was about 10 o'clock at night. The sun was still up because it's up in the Arctic. And right. she just walked over to her, like, so calm. She hardly said anything. Her voice was down here. And she said in the sweetest, softest voice, Rosie, 
do you see the sunset? The pink and the purple. And it was the, I mean, a calmness that we, I rarely ever see in my life, you know? I mean, just everything went down. Her face like lost expression. And it was incredible. Like Rosie just stopped. She just stopped screaming. I saw this happen a couple of times and I was like, oh, this is really what she needs me to do. Um, and when I got back, I read about it and I read like how, you know, there's a lot of science behind this that kids' emotions and energy state mirrors ours. Mm-hmm. And so when we come at them with all these words, even if we're trying to be nice, you know, it's just raises their energy yeah. and raises that yeah. level. Yeah. Um, so that is the first thing. It's just how little words are often used and how calm parents are around mm-hmm. young kids. Um, and I, I think that teaches children to be calm. Of course, it's amazing. And how to regulate their own emotions before they take any sort of action, which is a great reminder for us as well. Okay, what else? So the other big, big thing is about what kids' roles are in the house. So we have this sense often that kids need to be entertained or educated or stimulated, kind of, we need to manage their schedule and we need to keep them busy. We need to fill up their time, right? Like, oh, what are we going to do this weekend? Um, And this idea is really strange. I don't think any other culture in the world or throughout human history has has thought of kids this way. It's up to kids to manage their time. Um, And so other cultures don't have these like child-centered activities like mommy and me art class or kitty museums or special birthday parties, like activities that are designed just for kids and that parents would never do if they didn't have a child. Oh my God. (laughs) So like, I don't have to go to Legoland because I don't want to go there on my vacation. No, you know what I no. mean? <laughs> no, you don't have to go. And I am no longer going. I stopped going to birthday parties even, you know, before the pandemic. I stopped going to kitty museums. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with these things. They are not good for our children and I don't want them. Wow. This is fascinating. So it's like, <laughs> so in other cultures, it's like, okay, them being bored is a good thing. Them yeah. having nothing to do is a good thing. Them yeah, being absolutely. overscheduled is a good thing. I mean, it's yeah. a terrible thing. Under, under yeah, scheduled. scheduled is a good yeah. thing. Tell me more. Tell me more on this. So this is what I, I learned largely um, with, with the Maya family. So the kids go to school, right? They go to school, um, but it's what they do after school and on the weekends. So the parents just go about their lives. They have like hobbies, they work, they socialize, they do all the things that they do, you know, before they had kids and they They let the kids kind of hang out and tag along if they want, as long as they are somewhat appropriately behaved. And if they're not, you know, they tell them they have to go. They have to go back home or they have to go, you know, with a relative. Um, But they try to teach them to be in that adult world. They let them participate in the adult world. I think this does a a couple of things. I think, first of all, it teaches children how to grow up and mature, right? And how to act when you know, in adult places. Mm -hmm. But two, I think it teaches kids to cooperate and work together with their families, which I think is something we have really lost. I think kids, when when they're constantly scheduled... And catered to. Yes, exactly. Catered to, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. They turn into these like VIP members of the family. So when you try to go get them, you know, to wash the dishes or help with the laundry, they're like, 
but that's not my job. Yeah, talk to me about chores. Have you seen a chore chart in the Yucatan? I'm gonna guess not. <laughs> no. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect purdue global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals these include associate bachelor's master's and doctoral degrees and certificates Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So when you have a kid, places other than America, the kid comes along and is a part of your life, not vice versa. Yes. 
Okay. Absolutely. So you're taking the kid to your wine tastings on a Saturday or you're hanging out at a friend's house. Like they come and they better be fucking well behaved. Otherwise we have to leave. Like this is, this is my life and I am not living in yours. Right. Right. So it's really interesting. One, there's no child centered activities, right? It's just activities for the family. But the second thing is, is that the kid starting from the time that they can walk are expected to help a little bit with basically all housework and all work that goes on. So from the time that they start to walk, parents told me, and this is also documented in a bunch of research, they'll say like, you know, go grab my shoes or go, you know, go give this to your father, right? So they're already starting to teach the child how to help and work together with them. And then as the child gets a little bit older, the tasks get a little bit bigger. Yes, at the table, you have to clear your plate. Come help me make dinner. You have to take your dirty laundry and put it in the laundry machine or or whatever. Okay, so I'm a firm believer in this. Um, We had an amazing uh, author on the show who was basically like the two things that in Western culture that we can point to that make a successful adult, and I don't mean successful in terms of money, I mean successful in terms of, like, loving relationships and have, like, mm. you know, and and am, like... Good mental health. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is they had a part-time job mm. and or always did chores around the house. Yeah, and, yeah. And so... I am about that. I'm about that, but I don't want to make a chore chart. I didn't grow up with one. I really don't want to do a gold star situation, but I do have a kid who, when I'm like, let's help with this, he says no. So, so the chore, (laughs) how old is he? How old is he? Three and a half. Okay. Okay. So the chore chart is problematic. Some would say, some psychologists would say, because it basically teaches the child, these are your tasks and your only tasks. Right. Mm. And what the Maya families are doing are teaching the child to pay attention and look around and see what needs to be done and then help other people. Like what, who needs help? Right. So they're teaching them a really like bigger skill. It's called a comedido or comedida. It means like I'm paying attention. Oh, look, my mom started doing the dishes. Let me go over and help her. Or, you know, oh, look, dad's carrying the groceries in. Let me go grab a bag. Right. So they're teaching like cooperativity. And, and how to be a good family member. Whereas that chore chart kind of just says, okay, you're supposed to like sweep on Thursdays and do the dishes. On and Friday. also, why do you get a reward for that? I don't get yeah. a reward for oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know no. what I mean? Like that, Absolutely. we all know that trickiness from the potty training podcast we did, but yeah. it's like, oh God, <laughs> you are digging yourself into a hole because your kid's smart. So if you gave them a gummy bear for that, they're going to expect at least a gummy bear next time, if not two. Yeah. And psychology shows like if you actually want kids to do something voluntarily, yep. giving them a reward will like backfire. Right. Wow. Yeah. Also, I think with the chore thing, it's really hard. Like I'm thinking about my own household and how, you know, a lot of times parents do the cleaning and everything like that because it's just faster. Right. Yes. This is huge. It's my patient's problem where it's like, Albie's sitting right here and he's told me he's bored and I'm putting laundry in the laundry machine. It's right, like, right. okay, how, can you sort the dark colors from the, from the white colors and put the dark colors in? Like, but I know that that's going to take an additional 10 minutes. But I feel yeah. like, going back to what you said about the calmness, 
I do such a better job at this on Saturdays and Sundays. And so I feel like this is such a bigger issue of how we are as a civilization right now in how fast we do things, the phone, the this in our face, the need to get things done, the need to do a thousand things in a day. And it sort of goes very much against what our children need us to be, which is calmer, slower, yeah, to do everything together as a family unit. And is this making, is, does this sound correct? I think you're absolutely right. I think um, there's definitely more patience with kids, what I saw. Not infinite patience, but a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The thing for our family is since I chucked out the like kitty museums and birthday parties, the activity is the chores. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so I'm like, that's it, kid. Like laundry on Saturday morning, you know, dinner is the afternoon, yes. you know, is the activity. Yes. Like, so, so I've given myself a lot more time because I'm just like, we're not rushing around to some event that I don't want to go to. Right. Great. 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 This is great. Yeah. So definitely the, I had to learn to have more patience. There's no doubt. Um, but I also stop scheduling us so much so mm-hmm. that I could have that a little bit more. And, Brilliant. and absolutely on the weekdays, like sometimes I'm just like, got to get this done, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, but there, your three-year-old's really interesting. I would say, so this is something that actually the Hadzabe parents that are in Tanzania that I saw taught me, um, really, really showed me, um, it's, it's tiny, tiny tasks that teach these little ones and even teach adults like, partners who don't know how to cook and clean very well. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, that's me. Okay. Yes. So like tiny, tiny. So instead of like sort the, the, the weight in the black, Mm -hmm. put this shirt in the washing machine. Is it enough? Right. Is more than enough. Sure. More than enough. Sure. Or like instead of set the table, it's hand the plate and say, put this plate on the table. Sure. Sure. And I think this does two things. One, it's so simple. They're more likely to do it. Sure. Right. And two, they can accomplish something and contribute really fast. And then they're hungry for more. Right, right. This is like the Hatsabe mom, like wherever we went, the moms, they'd hand the little five-year-old something to carry. Or, you know, they'd say, go get a bowl. Like it was these tiny, tiny little tasks. Carry this little piece of wood, right? And I was like, oh, I'm over, overthinking this. This is just like, so with the husband, it's like, grab this from the fridge, cut this, garlic, you know, chop this garlic, you know, it's like these little tasks that get them included and teach them the skill at the same time because they're there with you. Did you notice a huge change in Rosie and her being by implementing the things you collected from around the world? Oh my God. Incredible transformation. Like, so the calmness ended the tantrums from like one or two a day to like one or two a month in several weeks. Wow. It really just plummeted. Um, yeah, incredible. I mean, it took, it was more my effort, right? It was me learning not to get angry at her and how to do that. Um, but once I did and kind of convinced her I wasn't going to get angry, she just, she just stopped. Like it was, it was really amazing. Wow. Um, wow. And then including her in these tasks. So I definitely saw a change when we stopped doing the child-centered activities. Like her behavior was always kind of bad after those. Like, you know, she was like overstimulated. Yeah, yeah, oversugared. Yeah, exactly. And I was too. So it was just like a bad combo. Sure, sure. Um, But now we, yeah. So a couple of days ago, she was really acting out. She was trying to climb on the roof and she was up on the roof and it was just like, Great. And, and I know. And I said, to, and actually some, our neighbor came over and I was like, oh, they're coming to visit us. And it was like, no, to tell us the kid was on the roof. And I was like, oh, great. Ha! 
<laughs> I was like, well, there you go. Hilarious. Um, but I said, you know what? She needs more responsibility. She needs to have more, uh, more of a role. And so I said, all right, Rosie, would, you know, would you like to go up and get us some milk from the corner market, which is like two blocks away in the city? And she just like, her eyes got all wide and was like, yeah, you know, (laughs) amazing. And so I actually followed her. This is what I learned from Maria and the Yucatan. Like I followed behind. She couldn't see me. And she took the dog with her and the dog knew I was there the whole time. And it kept turning around being like, what are you doing lady? You know, but, um, and she did it and it was, she was great. You know, we, we, we have taught her to cross the road that she has to cross already. And and it changed her, her behavior totally. She was needing more responsibility. It's so interesting. We're so protective here. I I hear about other cultures and kids like cooking themselves an egg by five years old. You know what I mean? Like they already know how to do all this shit. And like we're sitting over here still cutting our kids steak by the time they're 12. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. um, can you talk to me about what team parenting is? Yeah, so it's kind of something I just came up with at first, so I could remember these things while I was, you know, in those hot button moments. But it's kind of this common element that you find around the world and, and in pockets of the United States now. Um, but a way of relating to a child that's based on collaboration instead of conflict and power struggles. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is togetherness. There's a lot of evidence that shows that kids are really hardwired to do things with you or another caretaker. And I want to emphasize in many cultures, the mom and the dad play a much smaller role in children's lives than here. Oh! <laughs> when I hear this shit, I'm like, we're so fucked. Like, this is why we're drowning. I mean, this is why it this is. podcast exists, which I'm it so is. grateful for. But it's like, we are literally being asked to do the impossible. It's like, nah, everyone says it takes a village. No, literally. And we don't have one. <laughs> At least it takes like four people. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, obviously we're in a global pandemic and that is unprecedented in terms of the isolation we are dealing with, but it was bad before then in terms of what I, I mean, I, I was so lucky to go to Morocco to shoot something uh, right before the pandemic hit. And I took my son and we went to a dinner party with a Moroccan family and there were just a bunch of kids running around. I didn't know where my child was. And they said, oh, don't worry. The the older kids have got him. And I was like, this is the best. I don't have to like pay a babysitter or find something who I've had over before so I could teach them all the rules of Albie. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) He's going to tell them what he needs. All the kids know, and they'll come get me if there's an issue. This is, so this is super common around the world. Like even when we went up in the Arctic, mom and dads were just like, what? You're with your child like all the time? She's sick of you. Like, that's why she's grippy. And that's why we don't want to get up. That's why we don't, <laughs> that's right. they don't wake up for much longer because it's like, yeah, we're all drowning and we all yeah. don't want to be with each other this much. They literally brought like two or three kids over and were like, take her, take the child. This woman needs a break. She got sucked in just like you were talking about. And I, I didn't see her for like five hours. Best five hours of your life. No, seriously. (laughs) We love our children. Um, So togetherness togetherness. for a team. It means like, like we're constantly trying. So this is one of the big paradoxes in American parenting is we 
value independence in our children and we're always trying to get them to be independent, but we do not give them <laughs> any independence. But we'll get to that in a second. But we always are kind of forcing kids to do things by themselves, right? Like, and, and this, this goes against their natural instincts to work with their family and work together and be cooperative. Um, and, and I also want to say that togetherness is not entertaining and stimulating the child. It is simply being near the child. It's this like coexistence. Like you do what you want to do. I'm going to do what, what I want to do. And we're going to kind of leave each other alone and help each other if we need it. So it's a very like peaceful coexistence. It's just mm -hmm. focusing on together instead of everyone, you know, you go do you, the laundry and I'm going to go, you know, vacuum the floor. No, we're all going to work and vacuum or clean up the living room together. And then we're going to all go do, you know, the laundry together. Mm. This thing. Switching from kind of individualism to more of a cooperative mindset. Wow. Okay. And then we have E for encouragement. This is yes. big. Tell me about this. This is hard. This is so hard. So this is the idea that no one likes to be forced to do something. I don't like to be forced. You don't like to be forced. Why would our kids want to be forced to do anything? But that doesn't mean we don't try. Um, and so instead of forcing them, we encourage them. And the book gives like a whole suite of tools for encouraging the right behavior um, instead of forcing it, uh, you know, with punishments, scolding, bribes. There's all these things we can do. So your little three-year-old, you could tease him a little bit if he says no. Uh, you know, you could say, you know, oh, because you're a baby. Yeah, you don't help around the house. You know, or you, there's like a lot of things That's you can so say. That's so great, though. Like those sort of things make you yeah. look down upon like you're a bad mom if you say stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but he has said no a million times and he doesn't want to help and he's being a little shit. And like, yeah, he's being a jerk. Yeah, like he's being a jerk. <laughs> I wouldn't put up with that from anybody. And I would be like, oh, no, you don't want to help because you're being a baby. OK. And then I walk away and then guess what he's yeah. going to do? He's going to want to help. I promise exactly. you. Exactly. They don't want to be babies. OK, so E for encouragement and then. A is for autonomy. Yes, this is a big one. Um, and so this is the idea. We think independence and autonomy are the same, but a lot of psychologists would say they're different. And here's how. So autonomy is like being able to make your own decisions or at least feel like you're making your own decisions from moment to moment and your schedule, right? This feeling is connected to all these wonderful mental health things, you know, decreased anxiety, decreased stress, confidence, self-sufficiency, all these great things. Um, but autonomy also means that you're looking out for other people. So it's being able to make your own decisions, but you're not disrespecting other people. You're helping if, if they need it. So it's a constant looking towards others and making sure you're contributing, but at the same time, you know, feeling like you're the captain of your own team. Mm -hmm. This is something actually that's super common and one of the key values of hunter-gatherer communities all over the world and is likely the way humans and human children have, have been raised for like hundreds of thousands of years. Give me an example of how you would practice autonomy with a kid. So I really started to understand this in Tanzania um, to see the mom and dads there, the way that they treated their children. And I actually started to count how many things they would say to children per hour. And there's a study that does this in another hunter-gatherer community mm -hmm. in the Congo Basin. Yeah, so like any input. So praise, instruction, commands. And it was like 
around two or three per hour. <laughs> and what are we in America? 60? I, I started clocking mine and I was in over like, over 60 an hour and I just gave up. Oh I was my like, God. This is not going to work. <laughs> like, this is a problem. This is a problem. But you know what? When I started doing it, so I started trying to do it. Like, okay, I'm going to like time myself and give myself one per 20 minutes, you know? And um, it's incredible how how good the relationship becomes. Wow. Because you can also use nonverbal cues, right? You right. can like give them looks sure. and you can take action yourself sure. or touch them. Sure. Um, but once I started really practicing three commands per hour, um, things really changed between me and Rosie. Wow. And I relaxed. I relaxed because yeah, I was like, you're you like, know what? well, yeah, like I'm, I don't have to, I don't have to do it. And we don't. Yeah, we don't. She was fine. She has not been injured. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> like, so, and then does autonomy look like, hey, I'm going to give you two choices. Like, he doesn't want to get dressed again. I'm going to give you two choices. Either I can get you dressed or daddy can get you dressed. So that idea of choice and thing is, I think it came around in the 70s. I think that was our idea of like trying to give children autonomy. And it's but bullshit. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of bullshit, <laughs> oh, right? no. <laughs> Tell me why. I mean, because... You're still very, you're still deciding for them. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm and, still just giving them two choices that suck yeah, versus one choice that sucks. And you're still in sucks. charge. Right? Oh you're my still in charge. God, that's right? so funny. But, you know, I think another thing it's done is it's made us depend so much on choice, which is also crazy. Kids do not get like, you know, endless choices, choices for food or activities or whatever. It's just like, this is what we're eating. This is where we're going. This is what you're wearing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have wow. ten pieces, you have ten shirts. Just get dressed. Like wow. Um, um, and then the M is for. So this is the big one, like minimal interference. Minimal interference, people. <laughs> so we kind of, or I kind of, my G, my knee jerk reaction is maximal interference. <laughs> You know, like, how can I jump in there and shape the situation as quickly and sure. know, as much as possible? Um, but the idea is like, this isn't free range. So this isn't, you know, you throw your hands up and the kids just do whatever. This is, I'm going to step back. I'm going to watch, you know, make sure Rosie's okay and only really step in and help when she really needs it. And then it's even a very gentle unintrusive help. Um, mm. You know, it's learning to be kind of in the background a little bit and let kids explore and learn on their own, which again is something that the kids have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years and only really being there when they really need it. It's a way of collaborating with somebody. You're watching what they're doing and building off of what they're doing instead of being in charge of it and managing it. Why do you think this happened? Why did this happen? You what know, happened? It, <laughs> so one of the big things that happened, and I talk about this a little bit in the book, is that the rise of individualism, I think, is one thing. But one of the big things that happened is, I don't know if you saw in the book, but this whole idea of the Catholic Church's yep. obsession with incest, right? So 500 years ago, the Catholic Church decided that it wanted to prevent incest. So it would, it prohibited marriages between like cousins right, or, right, right. which was reasonable, right? right? You don't want to marry your cousin. Right. But over time it like extended out to like six cousins and in-laws and which is, you know, there's no, you can marry your sixth cousin. You're totally fine. Right. right. Um, but so but it started it to did, separate families, big families. Exactly. It like cracked our big extended families, you know, 
everywhere in the world. People live in extended families, intergenerational groups, neighbors, you know, live with each other. It's much more communal. Sure. Um, but there's good evidence that this, the Catholic Church's prohibitions on marriage um, led to the arise of the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And so now we think of this like, you know, one, a mom and a dad with two kids and a dog. It's like the ideal family, but it's in by no means traditional. It's very new. And in many ways, like you said earlier, it's just setting, setting us, us up, up for to exhaustion. Fail. Yeah, setting us up to fail. exactly. I went to East Africa too. We were in Kenya mm. and we were in a village where it it was multiple wives sort of a situation. Mm, interesting. And I yeah. was like, this looks amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. I, mean, I know. I was just like, ways. wait, what? I was like, this is so great. I was like, there are so many. I mean, <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying, though. I mean, it was just like, I don't want to share my husband with anyone, but I, def- I definitely was like, you know, there were different- live with a friend, yeah, right? Like, like live with your good friend. So it yeah, so great. Like all the children were all the different women. Oh, but let's yeah. talk about that. One, how did your um, spouse react to your findings from around the world, and did <laughs> uh, did he get easily on board? Like, how do I come out of this podcast and then tell whoever you're raising your children with, if you're lucky to, lucky enough to even have one other caregiver that's responsible yeah. for your child, whatever exactly. that looks like in your household. How do we get this person on board? Because I feel like it doesn't work unless everyone's no. in. You know, I really quickly realized like Rosie's never going to want to do the dishes or volunteer to help with the laundry. If my husband and I, we've been married t- almost 21 years. Oh my gosh. Um, if If we argue over these things. And we do, we did, right? Like we were arguing over who's doing the dishes, Mm -hmm. who's doing the laundry. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no wonder Rosie didn't want to do them. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to do them, right? Mm -hmm. And so I quickly realized like, okay, I've got to teach him and me with him the same things that I'm teaching Rosie, right? I got to teach him to cooperate with me and work together with me. Um, But I also realized that I couldn't force it, right? I had to use the E, like it had to be this, the encourage, it had to be this like really slow thing, right? Um, (laughs) and, And you know, it worked. It worked really well. I basically applied the same techniques. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with him amazing is Rosie but so this is great this could work for anybody guys this these skills they, they could work for anybody yeah sure. you know a little teasing like oh you're being a baby yeah <laughs> hilarious he didn't like I have to say he did not like that one but you know you know who's being unhelpful or it's unhelpful so I was very very um I would say slow and patient about it because these are deeply rooted behaviors, right? Yeah. And also, I mean, along same but different lines, like when you went to these places, I'm assuming the men were not involved. You know, that's a great question. So it depends on the place. In a lot of hunter-gatherer groups, the the men do like 50% of the childcare. Wow. So that there's some like support that it's very ancient that men helping with childcare is a very ancient thing. Um, you know, in other groups, you know, it, women did much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Hadzabe, the, the dads were incredible. Rosie and I even called one of the dads super dad. Like he was just so great with the babies. You know, he'd hang out and hold the 
the little toddler and the babies for like hours by the fire, you know, no entertainment, no, you know, anything. And, and they would just sing and be together. And there wasn't like 15 Lego sets in front of them. No, no. One time we watched a dad and Ty and his, his daughter Bailey sit by the fire for two hours, like just being together. How do you keep this up if Rosie's playing with other kids? That, that is a very interesting question. Um, I use the methods on them. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the, the good thing about the book is now the moms have read it. So they like kind of know where I'm, you know, where, where it all comes from and everything. But um, it, it, it's gotten easier because I think I found a few parents that really have a similar philosophy and sure. Um, sure. Vibe. You know, similar goals. Right. Exactly. I kind of weeded it out like, okay, this mom is really too controlling and I, I can't take it, you know, and it's just not going to work. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And that's made it a lot easier because now we're kind of all on the same page. That's great. And, that's yeah. really, really great. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Um, would you say that staying calm was the most difficult undoing for you? What what was the what was oh. the most difficult undoing and what's been the toughest to put into practice? Yeah, decreasing my anger, right? So in the Inuit moms really were the ones and dads were really the ones that taught me this. Like it's not about suppressing your anger. It's about generating less anger in you in the first place. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I was trying to get mm-hmm. Rosie to stop biting me. And I said something to one of this, this mom, Lisa Apoli. I said, you know, but she's pushing my buttons or manipulating me. And she literally like laughed at me. She's like, she's not pushing your buttons. She's too, you know, she's wow. just, she's, I'm just perceiving yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and right. what I, they told me, it was like, children are irrational, illogical beings. And whatever they're doing to you, it's not personal. It's just they're irrational. And mm. it's your job to show them through calmness and maturity how to behave. Mm. Um, and so when she started getting angry or, you know, like she, would, she, she hit me, you know, I, my husband would start to get angry. And I'd be like, look, she just doesn't know. She doesn't know yet. We have to teach her. And so I, by shifting kind of how I think about the child, instead of assuming like a nefarious motivation, um, I, I just say, you know, she doesn't know. She doesn't know yet. I've got, I've got to show her. Mm. Um, and getting angry is just going to show her how to get angry, right? Right, right. I still get angry, but I've learned to make it really short and quick. Great. <laughs> hey, that's huge. Um, yeah, and then just move on, you know? Move on. Move on. Just move on. That, yeah. I mean, everything. That's like really too. Everything. Like everything is a phase. Everything is a moment. Everything yes. is getting to another moment. Um, aside from gifting every parent a copy of your book, which I'm going to be doing for all of my uh, pregnant mamas in my life right now, um, and just everyone. I mean, this was so helpful. What have you found helps um, fellow parents get out of the Western mindset and open to implementing these methods? How do I get someone on board? Yeah. I mean, I think, especially with the little ones, welcoming them into the work of the house is huge. That's really like the gateway drug into the book, <laughs> like getting them, you know, involved in the dishes and the cooking yep. and the laundry, taking them to the supermarket and teaching them, knowing it might not work like you like it at first, yep, but okay, yep. I've got to guide them and teach them. I've heard from a lot of readers that this has transformed relationships. Um, like, you know, with strong-willed kids. They just want to help. They're upset because they're unemployed in the home. And they <laughs> want a job. That's so funny. That's hilarious. They're unemployed yeah. and they're upset. And they want the responsibility. They do. Yeah. They want to be trusted. They want to contribute. They want the That's responsibility. Right. Um, right. What advice, like, 
any last like yeah. any last things that I did not hit on that you can bestow on us from all of your genius studies from around the world? <laughs> I think a big thing for me and Rosie was I just stopped arguing with her. I really did. Like there's no negotiation. There's no arguing. If you look, this is well documented in the literature. Western culture is the only culture that argues with children. Like <laughs> <laughs> What? Like, oh my God. <laughs> what is wrong with us? And by us, me. <laughs> I don't know. And I will send you this study where this woman documents in LA, actually, this conversation this dad has with a kid about tying his shoes. And it just, you see it on the page. You're like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, like um, you know, if I feel a power struggle or negotiation or anything that's like an argument, I just hit, like tap her on the shoulder and say, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you. And I walk away. I'm trying that tomorrow. <laughs> My son wouldn't leave. He's in, he's just started preschool this week and really, really didn't want to leave because he's having so oh, much fun. Yeah. And we had to leave quickly to get and be here in time for this podcast. And yeah. I was like, we have to leave. Yeah, right. Never going to happen. The kid's going to have a fucking tantrum. He's up getting upset, blah, blah, blah. So the teacher says, you know what, Albie? I'm going to let you borrow one little car and you'll bring it mm. back to school tomorrow you know and mm. my son's like no how about three cars and she's <laughs> like all right i'm gonna change my plan and we're gonna give you two cars and he's like no mm. no i want three cars and she's like no right. i said one then you said three and now we're landing at two and i'm like this is taking 15 fucking minutes like and like why why we like, should have just said we're fucking leaving and i walk out yeah. the door one or none, kid. One That's what none. I said last That's night. That's it. One or none, kid. I'm out of here. Like, you can sleep outside at school. Like, I'm out. Like, I just, I yeah, I think it's gotten, I've gotten out of control with the negotiating and the arguing. And yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. He's it's a ridiculous. fucking three and a half year old. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. Um, you know, you ask, like, why are we doing it? And and it's something we didn't touch on much, but I think a problem is who we're looking to for advice is too narrow. Like we've just decided that these are like particular experts, you know, with degrees or not degrees. And, and we've also relied too much on science, which is really bad at, at changing behavior and helping us with behavioral issues. One of the things the, I hope the book does is say, oh, look, we need to value a lot more voices in this parenting world. And we need to, we need to kind of reconsider who we think is an expert because our advice comes from this incredibly narrow view mm. and it's gotten us in this weird often this weird tangent in this weird world of negotiating with a three-year-old over trucks i mean yeah and then i was like five minutes late and i was like are you joking like that's what i spent my afternoon doing this is ridiculous michaeline take your time fill in okay, this yeah, sentence yeah. for me parenthood is Oh, that's a, that's hard. I know. <laughs> I know. I want to say like, is hell on earth? <laughs> <laughs> no. But that's probably not what no, we want. No, no. Parenthood is... Like, but everything I'm going to say is going to sound cheesy. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. I think for me, parenthood is learning to back away, wait a bit before interfering. It's about learning to have confidence in other people, including little ones, you know, confident that they know what th they need and they're, they're going to go get it. Um, 
That's that M in minimal interference. I really think parenthood for you is the team situation. I think parenthood is togetherness, encouragement, uh, 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 autonomy, Autonomy. and minimal interference. Yes, you nailed it, Katie. Which, by the way, (laughs) like I'm saying it out loud to you so that I can repeat it to myself. You guys, team, togetherness, encouragement, autonomy, minimal interference. And we all know... Thank you to Michaeline, her book, and this podcast, What Team Means. I cannot thank you enough, Michaeline, for coming on Katie's Crib. This was so helpful and so informative and very eye-opening. It's honestly a relief. Yeah, I'm glad you say that. I felt that way. I have felt that way. (laughs) Like, like, because I just think it would be such a relief to go into parenting this afternoon and tomorrow, just like doing less and being, remaining, and remaining really calm and just moving on. And when there's terrible, bad behavior, it's like, I'm not going to tolerate that. And we're, we're done. Like, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Walk away. Yeah. I think it's really, really excellent. Um. Thank you so much for coming on Katie's Crib, Michaeline. You're the best. Oh. And everyone, get Hunter Gather Parent. Oh, it's thank a you, Katie. wonderful, helpful, enjoyable, and it feels like a massage. It's like <laughs> <laughs> the stress <laughs> level just comes down. Oh, but- thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to Katie's Crib. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Michaeline. Please share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. And also, I want to hear from you. Send me an email at katiescrib at shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.